Teaching Brood. In this episode, we want to talk to the new teachers, and we want to take some stress off of you. Hopefully. Well, yeah, I guess hopefully. Oh, yeah. It's the beginning of the year. You've got your first job. Woohoo! Real money. You've walked into a room that just has a bunch of desks, chairs, some random boxes thrown around. You possibly have some books. So, what do you do? How do you set it up? It's not just about the furniture, but you've got a day, two days, maybe, before you all of a sudden have all of your kids. Where do you start? What do you you have to actually do? Yeah. And, I mean, I've done this ten times now. And you've done it 15? 20? Yeah. Well, if you count number of times I've actually set up classrooms, yes. But if you're counting beginning of the school year, I'm at 11 or 12 now. Yeah. I was more thinking how many times you have to set up a classroom. Well, yeah. It's probably been close to 20 because there's been some times when I've had to uh, pack away and then reset up mid-year because of construction. Yeah. Or setting up multiple classrooms. So, yeah. That, yeah. that is a thing, yeah. All right. So, I mean, in terms of the elementary classroom teacher, the first thing to remember is your room does not need to be full when the kids walk in the door. In other words, your walls don't have to be populated. Your library does not have to be jam full. Um, there doesn't have to be an infinite amount of things in the kids' bins. It's okay if things aren't quote-unquote full yet. That's what the kid's job is. There's also a big movement lately, especially in elementary classrooms, to have uh, minimalist walls. Mm -hmm. Walls that are not distracting, have minimal colors, uh, and only have exactly what's necessary rather than what looks impressive on the wall. Uh, So when you're setting up a new classroom at the beginning of the year, don't worry too much about having the best wall displays right at the get-go. Yeah. There really isn't a reason to spend 48 hours making the perfect bulletin board. No, there really isn't. The reality is some of the best bulletin boards are the ones made by the kids anyway, so that just takes time. Yeah. And it, you could absolutely put up your backing paper if you are needing backing paper. Some bulletin boards are fine on their own, and others have had more than a little love and wear and tear. So if you need to put up backing paper in a border, absolutely go for that. And then it becomes a blank canvas for your students. Absolutely. And remember that. Like, this is student work. More than anything, there's a big push for student empowerment and student work. So, you know, get the kids what you need. Like, do, do your standard stuff. The stuff you expect, you know, you know, populate their supply bins. You know, make give them a place to put their books. This sort of thing. Don't worry. And have the room, you know, organized in groups. Group tables and stuff. But don't worry too much about filling up those walls. Don't worry too much about, you know, having all the classroom libraries labeled. Reality is, if you get the kids to own the classroom library, they're going to label it for you. They're going to organize it for you. And I know that the classroom library for elementary teachers in particular tends to be a rather daunting thing. It tends to be a thing where you look at it and go, I could do that. I have to do so much work with this classroom library. You know what? 
by the time they hit even grade three, they have a pretty good sense of what books belong in what areas and what books belong together and which ones don't. Give them a chance to do it. They'll do most of the work for you. Just might have to do some little tweakings here and there. True. So what does need your time? Well, you should be going through and looking at your student files. And if you're a specialist yeah. teacher, there's probably a lot of files to go through. So give that your focus because then you've got an idea of who's going to be walking through that door and what they're going to be needing from you. Now, flip side to that one is a lot of teachers go with the tabula rasa philosophy, blank slate philosophy. Um, I tend to be that way, actually. I like to know my kids' names, but often don't like to see what experiences they've had in the past until I meet them. <laughs> I've noticed that a lot of kids, when you do believe in that, uh, often they disprove the past. So you may, yeah. if you desire to look at what happened in the past, you may, but I was thinking more. I was thinking more the higher level information stuff from the school psychologist. You know, true things like I need to know for me as a specialist teacher, I need to know which of my kids is coming through that door and has an auditory disorder. That's fair. Yes. Like, like physical needs. Yes. That's yeah. true. Yes. I, I want to know the kid that walks through my door and is wearing a helmet. I'd like to know why. Yeah. So that I can avoid triggering anything. But in terms of, you know, this kid always gets into fights with that kid, I'll figure that out. Yeah, that sort of stuff will come along. Um, so that's your one thing you need to know. Second, have some sort of filing system set up for each kid so you can kind of start to gather work. Because you're probably going to start to gather work right at the beginning. So have a filing cabinet nearby just to gather, start gathering student work and have a, fi have a student filing every in there for every kid. That's a good start. Second, have some, I think you need to have clearly labeled bins for certain things. A finished work bin, a mm -hmm. homework bin, or some, or those systems easily set up and easily visible for the kids when they can come in the door. Because that'll minimize a lot of stress that they have when it comes to what they need to do as they work on things or continue to finish things. Yeah. I think you need to have the materials bin set up right away in whatever system you so desire. Um, so whether it's a seat sack, whether it's, you know, math, science bins and language arts bins and literacy bins we just have a system that's pretty obvious to them right from the get-go and you may want to empower them later on and as the year goes on as to what system would work best but something to help them manage it right away so that they know where to get books and they know where to get materials in the room have a bank of morning messages ready to go ways to kind of let them get to know you more or little clues around the room that help show your personality because when you become a person to them they trust you more and they grow with you more. So have your little person, have your personality flares in the room too. Little things yeah. that were kind of have them, have them set up. Have yep. your desk set up. Yeah. If their desk is going to be a living environment for them, make your desk a living environment for you. So yeah. I think make those sure, are some of the things. Make sure you've got your class roster. Yes. Print that off. Hard copy. Yeah. Because the last thing you need on the first day of school is the network to go down. Yeah. Uh, so also, have that one hard copy. Yeah. And have a nice display on the door too. Have a very welcoming display. Have them know that they're welcome into this room and that the environment is welcoming. 
And yeah, don't don't need to be all you know gung ho on that. Just keep it simple. But yeah. yeah, have something welcoming for them when they come in. And I mean, if you're a music teacher, you've got to have your inventory ready to go. That's probably going to take the bulk of your time. And then from there, let it build, let it grow, let it develop as you need it to. Exactly. Um, you could be going for something that is um, much more student-led. Maybe they're going to do the physical room setup. They're going to help sure. decide which desks are going to go where and you know where the chairs should be and group space and quiet space and things like that. Go for it. Yeah. Give them time. Give them... Uh give them the empowerment to let the room look how the class is, because it's not just your room, it's theirs. Yes. They don't know it yet before they get there, but it is theirs. The other thing that you're going to want to have ready to go on the first day, if you haven't already sent it out beforehand, is a welcome message that you send home. Yeah. And often there's a standardized way that every school communicates with parents, um, and if there is one, then make sure you follow the, you know, follow the rules of your yep. school. Uh, our case, we use Schoology to communicate with parents, and we tend to start tossing out messages to the parents a week or two before, just kind of letting them know who you are and how things are going. Um, if your school doesn't have a standardized way, then create a neat contact list in Gmail and send out an email to your parents uh, introducing who you are, where you come from, what's your background. Um, you as know, well as your, your own communication are. policies. Yes, that exactly. That can and, really and, help. I, at the beginning of the year, I send a um, letter home. I tell the parents who I am, what I'm teaching in terms of subject, um, and which classes I've got, because I'm a specialist teacher. I only teach some of the classes. I don't teach all of them. And then I also tell them what my communication policy is. So I basically say, I will reply to you within 24 hours. And if I haven't, please give me a reminder email, or it could be that your email was caught by our school spam filter. Because yeah. that has happened, and you may have a one. You may want to send a second email later down the road that may include information like what the first units of the year are about to the parents, what your first math unit covers, what your first literacy unit covers, or social studies, science, or in case of music, what's your first music lesson or art lesson or art unit going to be doing? Kind of gives parents a heads up and gives them an idea of how they can take things at home. Yeah, and you may have want to include on that. And this is a key one: the homework policy of the school. That way you set it up at the beginning of the year and there is no questions. Exactly. Alrighty, folks. So, Hopefully those are your that relieves a little bit of your stress. Hopefully. We, we, we're not perfect here, by the way. No one is. It's too hard to be perfect on this one. Um, but we hope we've given you a bit of a mental checklist about what you can do or maybe you stopped to pause and create a own checklist from what we said. Who knows? Um, but regardless, folks, hopefully this helps, helps guide you as you begin your next year. Oh, and first year teachers, it is gonna be a roller coaster, and that's okay. Embrace it, love the fun, love the stress. Cause you know what? It'll be even easier next year. It totally will. So if this helped you, please pass it on to one of your teacher friends. Leave a comment in whatever platform that you discovered us on, whether that is iTunes or OmniPlayer. And please, subscribe. Absolutely. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.